Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. Joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Bo Danyard and Scott Capron. We are pumped up to be here. This is a live week one Bucks Banter podcast episode. We finally have regular season NFL football to discuss live on Bucks Report. That's all I'm going to open with tonight, boys. I want us to save every minute, every second we have to talk real live NFL football. Hey, great call. Great to be back. Great to see people in the stands. It was uh it was an awesome day of games and an awesome uh awesome Bucks game, awesome Bucks win to kick us off on Thursday. It's kind of feels like you're a kid and you found out that Christmas was today, and also Christmas is an hour longer as well. Mm. It's like a 25 hour day. Yeah, we got that extra week of football to look forward to as well. So like we're looking at 17 more weeks of football ahead of us already. So yeah, it's let's true. go. I'm pumped. But it's also like if you were able to gamble on who opened the next present, you know what I mean? Because you have to hold <laughs> yeah, the exactly. game and it's like, oh, what am I going to do? It's like, oh, my, my sister's looking up that one. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, who, sets oh, the, who sets the lines at the Capron uh, household on Christmas, Scott? Oh, my, my mom is secretly a bookie, still is. Um, <laughs> she's been just raking in that, uh, yeah, that minus 110, that juice on those present openings since we were like four yeah. so. Never. It's why, a whiteboard why instead of a Christmas tree. Yeah, why stop now? Doesn't matter. Yeah. We're all in our thirties. Same, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, I think we all know where we need to start. Uh, we have not been, we have not recorded since week one, um, since since sorry since the Bucks game on Thursday. So uh, everyone watching this surely watched. It was like about two weeks ago. Sorry to interrupt though, just because there's all the games yesterday. You know, the Thursday nighter always feels like. It took yeah. place, oh, yeah, so long ago, but yes. Totally, and I think a lot of Bucks fans are maybe weren't so comfortable with how close that game was and how it went, uh, but we got to W. Uh, the Bucks got to W, and what a game it was. I mean, I think for a casual fan who had no investment in the, either of those two teams, that was a hell of a start to the NFL season. It was just a fantastic well, – I mean – Entertaining, pretty sloppy on the penalty side. And yet, yet, to be fair, maybe a couple execution things. Like, I mean, we're going to get into all this, but, you know, mixed missed kicks, the the Godwin fumble. But from an entertaining, from a just competitive game between two real teams to start off the year, I don't, I don't think you could ask for anything better. I don't – is there a game that comes to mind, an opening night game that was in the last five to ten years that – was close to that. I was thinking about it the other or yesterday, and I, I couldn't remember one. I, I mean, I also could have went and looked it up, but I, I don't remember actually watching one that was nearly that entertaining. It was I, so wide open, so up and down. Oh, Dak, yeah. Dak, like just way above. I think everyone kind of thought maybe he's a little bit rusty playing one of the best defenses in the league, but it was up and down from like the first whistle. It was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah. And yeah, Cap, like I feel the same way. I feel like I'm generally underwhelmed with the actual product of football. And as you mentioned, yeah, it was a little bit sloppy at points, but plenty of points scored. You know, a lot of the big guys came to play and, and Dak looked really sharp. Um, yeah. So that was nice to see. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we watched the game together and 
you know, watching it through a bit more of a Bucks lens with with you and just the the podcast in general, and then text Boda in the next day. It's like, hey, that game was insane. By the way, it wasn't just like this Bucks win. Like Brady has to drive him down the field, and and we're both like, yeah, I mean, it's gonna happen. They're gonna kick a field goal. But Way still, too much time. Yeah, yeah, he still had to do it. And yeah. you know, Godwin fumbles into the end zone that would have iced the game, and it's just, oh yeah. But it wasn't just like this Bucks win. It was an insane start to the NFL season. Seriously. And anyone who is watching, please feel free to chime in while we're talking about it with your favorite or least favorite aspect of that game or any observations. We would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, in terms of some of my takeaways, I mean, one thing. Yeah. Let's hear it. That was interesting. And I was very curious, in turn, and I've talked about it, uh, is just how much, like, how much play action uh, Leftwich would employ this season and uh that you only use so out of what was it out of 50 pass attempts they only went play action six times they brady was five for six on each play play action pass attempt yeah. uh, and the one that was dropped was the was just a tailor-made easy catch for Fournette. so he would have been perfect but six out of 50 attempts were play action so only 12 percent of the time so that was disappointing to me yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're literally operating perfectly with play action. You got to mix it in there more. That's something I've been concerned about. They showed more. Uh, they showed a higher affinity, left which anyway, of operating. You know, more pre snap movement and play action down the stretch last year, and it paid major dividends. Uh, didn't do it. Lots of runs on first down, but the, but they were getting at least five yards on some of those, so I, I was able to kind of live with it. But again, some of that offensive play calling is a little too predictable and a little too stubborn as far as I'm concerned. We'll see how that works. Um, Wait, I might jump in right there because I was just looking at the stats, and that was one of the shout-outs I was going to give to Brian uh, Byron Leftwich was uh, 24 first downs, and 22 of them were passing first downs, only one rushing first down. Like They were, they, were, they knew where they were buttering the ball. So, yeah, I, I, I was hoping yeah. they would go to the like a first play pass a little bit more often, but um, – and like maybe you have a little bit better time of possession that way as well too. But yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was interested to see uh, how Leftwich was calling that game from the start because that's something we harped on him for last year just between us. Yeah, I think also it's uh, kind of you know Dallas is a pretty big variable here. Like not a great defense. I think they knew they could kind of churn out a couple yards on first down and then still. I mean they still move the ball um, super efficiently and effectively, but. Of course, uh, you'd like to see more first down passing, and, and you know, not to, that's not a nitpick that's bigger than that. But they still scored thirty one points. Easily could have been more like thirty eight. Um, I I would always prefer to see uh, Brady throw the ball on first down. I'm wondering if the lack of play action was because they knew their run game was only so much of the, of a threat. And Dallas was just worried about the pass anyway. You know what I mean? So they didn't even bother. I don't know. Throwing uh, Leftwich a bit of a bone here. I, like like I said, I, devil's advocate, I still would have liked to see more. But, you know, there's so many ways to go off of this. The, like, we can talk about the running backs now. We can talk. The first thing, I, let's just talk about Brady. Should we just, can we just talk about Brady? Because every year he plays, it's like the first game of the season. You you kind of have to hold your breath a little bit that the drop off or is coming. Right. And it's, he's fine. Like he's going to be an excellent quarterback this year. Right. I, I think 
I know it's crazy to say after one game, but you can see it. He looks fantastic. I, I think we can just say he's going to be good for the rest of his career. Right. He's never going to be a bad quarterback. No, but like, it's just always... it's insane now. Like it's just the arm talent is it's just unparalleled at this age. Like it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and he's five steps ahead of a defense, so he knows where the ball needs to go. But I'm just saying, there's got to be at this point even a whatever tenth of a percentage point of worry that he's just not going to have it anymore. Because at some point, theoretically, that will happen. But clearly, that was vanished. That is not the case. He was fantastic. Um, I think, did he have two picks? One was a brutal tip, and then one was a heave into the end zone at the end of halftime. So it's like not his fault at all. Yes, yeah. you can you can put the first pick on Lenny Fournette pretty oh. easily. Oh yeah. God, yes, that was awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tapasio on YouTube. Uh, I'm bringing this up now because Cap, you just mentioned it. Yeah. I didn't like game planning and coaching. Also, the Bucks are not using all the skill position players they have. Six wasted throws at the end of both halves, and the hail mary unnecessary. So what I said, I was watching with Cap. I was like, just even at least like I'm fine with the hail mary. I just don't like the the pick on Brady's uh, on Brady's yeah. box. Yeah, I was like, yeah. throw in Gabbard, man, throw in- <laughs> <laughs> for the pass. I don't know Traskin, yeah, so quite how it works, but yeah, I, I actually agree. Um, yeah, that was just one thought I had. Chris Cole on Twitter says Vea is a beast. Vita Vea was an absolute problem. Like, uh, yeah, as the game went on, it was yeah. Go he ahead. could be the best, like, true nose tackle in football, and he's getting that recognition now. Like, he was just on a mission, like, just embarrassing the, the yeah. Cowboys center. Uh, I forget his name. Um, but then doesn't it seem like after the game he went and worked a midnight to 8 a.m. shift just picking up cinder blocks with his bare hands and moving them into a slightly different spot just for strength training? Like, what an absolute unit that guy is. Like, oh, he was amazing. He was so we're gonna good. be we're gonna be talking about that front all year. I just yeah. I don't know anyone that's gonna be able to run on that front. Um well, there was what? a few of the third downs where it was Shaq Barrett, uh Sue, Vita Vea, JPP, and then in the gaps they put uh Levante David and Devin White. It was just like, okay, you have these six guys all rushing the quarterback, they know it's a passing down. How are you like? You're just not getting the amount of. You're not getting more than three seconds on that front. But in in and you know because everything is related in football, obviously, just just shows you how good Dak was, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you got rid of the ball quick, and, and not uh, every quarterback can do that. We're we're gonna get to some of the quarterbacks who are just holding the ball for too long. But oh yeah, um, Dak was unreal, and Dak was fantastic. That's what you needed to be to lose a close game to the Bucks. That's oh. that's. That's what the underlying thing for was sure. for me. I, it's like that's the level of offense you need to come close to the Bucks. Yeah. And and similar to sorry, what I was saying about Brady, like Bucks fans, check. Brady looks fantastic. Offense moving the ball. Uh that previous comment we had was not um getting the ball to all the weapons. Well, when you have that many weapons, it's that's kind of uh just a numbers game, right? There, there's only so many downs, there's only so many times you're open. Um, but I, I think sorry, just a quick pivot to the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys fans, you know, their quarterback franchise player is coming off of a horrific injury. He looked absolutely amazing. I don't think anyone thought their defense was going to be that great. They're going to have to win by outscoring people. And they had a great chance to beat the Super Bowl champs, right? So, you know, that's one of those games, similar to the Browns KC game, which we'll get into. Uh, both teams are thinking, you know, hey, we, we can definitely work with that going forward. 
And like what you mentioned there about Bo talking about the various defensive fronts, like Leftwich wasted no time getting creative. Like he had uh Tryon Shoyenka, we'll just call him JTS. They had him rushing the passer on the first third down of the first yep. defensive series of the game. Like I love that. Like really fun to get see him in there. Out there. Yeah. Right. Having him in there. That was something that, that we've talked about plenty here on Bucks Report. So nice to see uh I think I might have said Leftwich. I meant Bowles, obviously. Bowles, yeah, 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 uh, obviously. But uh, Bowles wasting no time, not being afraid to use his new we weapons. That's always fun. It, it uh, kind of felt like he was just like, okay, I want to see what the horses are like. I just want to see, just based off of talent alone, how how quickly and how many different ways can I get to the quarterback? And yeah. uh, it was it was impressive to say the least. Yeah, Ray Kennedy, Kennedy, one of Tampa's finest, uh, a a host here at Bucks Report, uh, Cup of Ray says thinks the, thinks the game was a great wake up call. Says that on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And there's nothing better than a wake-up call that's also a win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so that was, like, my first question. Uh, I shared this with you guys beforehand. But, like, are we more concerned about the Bucks defense? Or was that just the best receiving core in, in the league? Little concerned, I think, with the secondary. Secondary. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's a big – you got you talked about Dak's ability to, to get rid of the ball quickly because there were tons of pressures from the defensive front, yeah. right? The one sack yeah. they, they achieved is a little misleading because there was pressure all over the place. Curious, yeah. Shaq, Shaq Barrett had a ton of pressures, as he always does, and he had their lone sack. Uh, the problem is those receivers were getting open way too easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, I mean – Sorry. Great yeah. receivers, great receivers, young secondary. I worry that Bucks fans, uh, myself included, have maybe gotten a little too high on our secondary because of how well things went and kind of forgotten. So a lot of these players, when you break them down individually, do have a lot of room to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, that goes for discussing them as a unit as well. Uh, that being said, last thing I want to get in before you boys jump in is Carlton Davis, though, was fantastic. Like, he graded yeah. out as the top, uh, I think, the second best uh, cover corner according to pro football focus of every, every DB out there this wow. week one, uh, he was lights out. So that's great, nice sign. great sign, but an incredibly elite receiving core. You got to acknowledge that too. Yeah. So that's, you know, just, yeah. that was, that was the thing with Carlton Davis was like, he, he had that grade even with dropping one of the picks that kind yeah. of fell into his lap as well too. Right. Yeah. So he was, he was good all game, but I think losing SMB, losing Sean Murphy bunting, that was concerning on basically like the first. Was that the first drive of the game? I can't remember what drive it was. Uh, yeah, I've been, it was in the, it was early. It was early, and then you're already playing without Jordan Whitehead too. So, yeah. um, I think we kind of uh, even on our last episode we kind of uh, noted that this the Bucks secondary, if there is a weakness of this defense by default, you can just have to say it's the Bucks secondary just because of the youth that you guys have there that you can kind of try to make them show their age. But, um, yeah, now injury concerns going into week two. Um, something just kind of jumped out at me on the screen for sure. Yeah. yeah. And and the, sorry, Colin, if I could just circle back one second. It just, you know, when you're playing the elite quarterback, that's the, the difference between pressures and actual sacks. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's hard to do that extra thing and actually get the sack. You know what yeah. I mean? And actually end the play. But when you're playing against an elite quarterback who can not only get rid of the ball to avoid the negative play, but actually throw someone open or, or you know, pick up a, a few yards as opposed to taking a bad sack, like that's the difference, difference between the elite quarterbacks and the mediocre ones. And also just, just uh, puts a star on 
I mean, and yeah, and that isn't a dig at Tampa. It's hard to do, but like those games when you actually get to the quarterback, they're just drive killers, right? It, yeah. And that's they were in his kitchen, but they didn't get to him enough. And that was, I think, that's what really extended a lot of Dallas drives. And um, yeah, just something to think about going forward. For sure, I'm really not worried about uh, the Bucks as a defense applying pressure. I'm just worried no. about the back end holding up long enough to oh, let those guys yeah. do that. Yeah, for sure. I just mean that's how even yeah, with a, a great line, um, that's how a team can still score that many points, right? That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. For sure, hey. a great line needs help. It has to be a, a full unit effort, yeah. right? Because you can spoil a great front front four uh, creating pressure all day they, if if you can't yeah. hold them up with the receivers. So you're right. Um, that com- we just got a comment in from Chris Cole, a, l- a long time listener for us, but, uh, Zeke picking up the blitz last night on that Thursday night, I was thoroughly impressed by him, uh, all game. Um, not just because I bet him over his rushing yards, uh, which didn't come in when I was watching him really closely well, for that, yeah. but he was literally meeting Devin white in the hole, which I had, I had don't remember very many running backs doing a good job of doing that last year. Yeah, I mean, you just have to sacrifice your body, and that shows that yeah. he's willing to commit suicide live on primetime television, and he did that, yeah. and he got up and played the next play. So I don't care what, how you got to do it. If you get in the way of Devin White coming at you full speed, like that shows that yeah. shows commitment to protecting Dak. So I got to res- yeah. tip my hat to no uh, Zeke Elliott. It's a great point by Chris Cole. I think, uh, and on, uh, the other, on the other end of that, um, just one last thing about the Bucks defense. Devin White in coverage. I was a little bit underwhelmed. I thought that he was going to take a leap from from that part of his game. Um, it almost feels like he just lets the tight end catch the ball because he knows he's going to tackle him like immediately. <laughs> Whereas, like, I feel like he should be better at like knowing I can tip the ball away or I can just like I can just defend this pass rather than defending the man. He seems like he's just defending the man way too often. Yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> He has so much going on, right? He's got the green yeah, dog totally. in his helmet. So yeah. he, he, especially first game of the year, a really, really solid offense with lots of weapons. I think um, I, I'm not too concerned about him developing in terms of that. I think it's more of a mental thing, um, but totally like valid. Like that is the biggest critique. All Really the only critique you can have only about critique, Kevin yeah. White. Um, so I want a bigger sample size before I start worrying about it too much. But I think that's a valid point to bring up. For sure. Uh, ben Parrish on Facebook. AB looked good. Put his defenders on skates. What a great addition to Evans and Godwin. AB looked incredible. We've been, we've been all, I think, on the same page. Yeah. Like, not just my homer bias, but Bo and Cap have agreed that, you know, with the full offseason, being with the same team, kind of reestablishing his credibility as a person, first and foremost, as a teammate. And slowly doing it as a player over the course of last season, it just felt like AB was going to be back. Mm. Um, and yeah. damn, he looked back like he was so sharp, so footwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one I think it was in the first quarter, he had this one play where he basically fakes a slant, then just goes into a fade route and caught the ball from Brady, just like ultimate concentration at coming over his shoulder perfectly placed ball by Bradley as well Brady as well too um but yeah he was on point all game and just literally embarrassing defenders out there um with footwork alone he's he's still crazy fast but it's the footwork that's getting him open the the route running is unbelievable absolutely um and then I don't know if you guys caught this um it was it was on that last drive uh where the Bucks you know, where the Bucks got it done and Brady got it done. But it was a third down play call with like a minute 12 left or something. 
and uh, video came out. I didn't notice it on the live broadcast, but uh, you just see Brady. So he gets the call, and then he looks at Leftwich, and he just goes, no, no, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I got to share it. I'll share it on Twitter. It's yeah, incredible. I do see that. And I just love to have a quarterback who is – so confident like who he can do that you know what i'm saying oh, like imagine yeah. Jameis tried to do that or something well that's that's what a preseason does right that that's that's just the the continuity of the team him just being able to step up and just be like okay even though he's tom brady last year i don't think he was comfortable to do that in week one also and- let's what would tom if tom brady couldn't play quarterback this week but he got hired as an offensive coordinator wouldn't he be like the fourth best coordinator in the league yeah. right now like seriously what else do you need to know yeah i just so mean true. like if there's yeah. anyone who could say that to byron Leftwich, like it's tom f and brady it's like yeah no yeah. we're not doing that so get out of here man yeah. and i also just like that what i like about tom brady is like he's applauded as being like a coach and just such a supportive teammate like bruce arians has said that's what jumped out at him the most how great of a teammate he is how willing he is to get to know the players on his team but he's also at the same time he seems to have this incredible understanding of there's also a line where if you cross him or do something that's going to compromise or jeopardize the success of the team he doesn't uh-huh. care he will call you out doesn't matter who you are right and bruce arians is the same way too any good leader should be but uh just to see him do that like last year when he called out ryan jensen in that Bears game, called out the whole O line. Like, oh, that Bears that, game. Yeah, let's. We don't need to go there. Yes, but yeah. I like that he still has the tw- tweak switch in him. Mm. Right? Yeah, and he t- definitely he does. Switched, he tweak switched it on a coach. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to win. Yeah, it was pretty spectacular. Um, Speaking of that O line, Tristan Wirfs uh, taking on Demarcus Lawrence. That was fun to watch all game. They went back and forth a lot as well too. Demarcus Lawrence was probably the only person even putting a little bit of pressure on a Brady. Um, but Tristan Wirfs getting the better hand of him, just continuing that standout rookie year. I, I, I just love, I love watching Tristan Wirfs play. And the way he did it too, uh, like Scott, yeah. remember, remember when we like rewound it to rewatch his one, that one, I, I forget the play in the time. Like it, again, it is a bit of a blur. I'm still cleaning up Capron's empties in my basement. But, oh, how dare you? <laughs> how um, dare you? Uh, but he literally like just, it was a solar eclipse. He just, or around the orbit, he orbited DeMarcus Lawrence the entire way around Brady. Like he, like yeah. he was behind Brady and Brady just casually stepped. Yeah. And I, so. I have a few points to make about that. It was four beers. All right, everyone. <laughs> so that, like, so just so we're clear here on the whole, you know, there's, a, there's fallen soldiers everywhere. The guy can't, no, I'm just, yes. The, uh, the worst thing was crazy. A, a good rewind by our host, by the way. And um, he's, He's so good, man. They just yeah. have so many guys. Like, they're, they're so deep. They're so balanced. They're, they're, they're yeah, they're good. I, that, I can't believe we got this far without mentioning Gronk's name. Gronk was Gronk before, was amazing. Prime Gronk. Before, before we Go talk ahead. Gronk, though, the one thing I want to say that was nice to see is is on the um, the broadcast, the Sunday Night Football broadcast, where they show their positional rank according to Pro Football Focus. Of course, they're going to have that because Collinsworth is oh, the yeah. one who started it. Uh, it was nice to see our second-year right tackle number, number one, one out of two fifty-six yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, I have like, no idea what it, what the number. Or actually, it was like thirty-six or something like that. But yeah, right. um, he's number yeah. one is the number that matters. Yeah. Number one, yeah. So he's awesome. He could easily like he was one of the best. That was one of the best performances from an offensive lineman this week was Tristan Wirfs. Um, I can't think of who else would really stand out to me, but um, 
maybe it's just I was watching Tristan Wirth so closely, but yeah, he's he's really good. Rashawn Slater, Rashawn Slater, Rashawn Slater's good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chargers were Chargers O line was really good he too. I have a note amazing. on that. But again, like O lineman, it's more about the longevity of how they perform, the consistency. Totally. But it's still you still see splash plays, right? We got to get Brandon Thorne on this podcast one day, man. <laughs> yeah, we got to pick his mind. He's too good. Please, yeah. please. Um, but yeah, sorry guys, please continue. I would love to hear your opinions, your unbiased opinions on Rob Gronkowski. Could he could he be like a fantasy sleeper this year? Because if week yes. one is, if week one is any indication, like he's on waiver wire some places on, on a position that's very he's, shallow. Anyone who gets uh red zone targets is worth having on a fantasy team because mm-hmm. of how skewed it is towards touchdowns. Uh, sorry, we're talking about fantasy now, but like it's just so much more valuable. You have two catches for eight yards and a touchdown you're good to start. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, in that's what he could be. He's obviously has great hands down in the red zone. He doesn't need to be, um, you know, super athletic with his route running and, and like actually creating separation. Cause he can just go up and get the ball. Right. Like he's still a weapon down there. And yeah, and that, he, I don't want to limit him to the red zone. He looked good all over the field um, on Thursday, but just in general, like if you just want to talk about that, then Yeah. Especially the red zone, though, because yeah. that second touchdown wasn't even a play for him. That's no. just I'm smart enough and I know Brady well enough that I go. see the coverage. I'm going to pretend to block and I'm just going to seam. Just take the seam right here. Brady yeah. saw it pre-snap. They didn't even need to lock eyes. Just Brady needed to see the coverage and he knew that's what Gronk was going to do. Awesome. Awesome. Just to just see Gronk. Just like he seems so much more mature, so much more in control. He's not as like obviously the the pat stays where he's just that reckless. I I can't be tackled downfield guy. Yeah, um, was unbelievable. But this version of Gronk is still highly highly productive. He he could be he could be very special this year. You know, it could it could be the theme of, or the slogan of our podcast because it applies to the Gronk and Brady connection. Is you can't improv without rapport. Yeah, no doubt. Am I right or am I right? I like that. And it's you true. should know anything about us. This this isn't a bunch of uh, improv classes that got us. Yeah. Here. Somebody we just, uh, we just have that report. Somebody yell out a location. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do a bit of a scene <laughs> here. Eh? Oh, I heard coffee shop. Yeah. Um, no. I've got a bit of slander though. This has been a love fest of the Bucks. So yeah, um, that's why you're here. Let's have, let's get let's hear it. Yeah, let's let's get to it. So Mike Evans, how do we? How are we feeling? Where that's are you? The Mike Evans I remember. Um, is he hurt? Like what's going on? No, he's not hurt. He's just a s- unselfish teammate who's willing to take double coverage and be a decoy if he needs to be for his other running mates to be successful for whatever it takes for the team to win. And when they keep marching the ball down and his guys are having success, as you see, if you watch the footage, he's up there jumping, celebrating Godwin's big game, even though Godwin had a couple mistakes. Same with AB. Uh, he's just a good teammate, man. It's it's yeah. the long haul. Evans will do whatever it takes. That's that's my uh, my analysis. Can't Can't overreact too much. Fair, Counterpoint, fair, fair. Uh, you know, have more catches. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like, let's let's call. No, I I agree that there's only so much you can do if if they're double covering you. I I've always found it funny, like wide receiver production, considering it's almost solely based on when the quarterback throws you the ball. It's like, oh yeah, so-and-so didn't have a good game. It's like, oh, really? Did you go down and break it down and they actually didn't get separation or weren't trying? Or was the ball just not thrown to them? Or was it not anywhere near them? And in this case, it's uh, couldn't throw it to him because he was 
you know, double covered most of the night. Um, you know, I, I guess different defenses against them are going to pick their poison, try to take away one of their many guys. Dallas singled out Evans, and, and we'll see how that goes forward, Bo. I hope he's not hurt. I hope it was just literally what we're talking about. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Yeah, it was. it's an interesting one because he had, like, I think I'm looking at it right now, uh, six targets, three catches. I know at least two of those were tip passes where – line of sight just changed he has a line of sight of the ball and it just takes a weird uh weird there was one yeah. that was like tipped by a fingernail and i thought Fairly, he would have made a better play on the ball that's kind of what i was about to get at it was there was one where it was just one. barely tipped, oh, one we're allowed to like, say that all right yeah mike evans mike evans really gets that one yeah yeah tough, tough to I, I don't even think like slow instant replay slow-mo can really give us a read on that like if it's t- if a ball's tipped, I'm gonna give Mike Evans a, I'm gonna give him a, a pass. Well, from your couch as an expert, I think he should have caught it. So you know, <laughs> take that for what it's all. Yeah, I hear you. Me. I hear you. I just yeah. there's sometimes it's like all right, literally, it's like you're getting handcuffed. There's no way you're gonna pick up on the ball in time. Totally. That there was one where it almost the ball affected, or the ball actually moved almost. Not at all, but I know, I know. And he, and he wasn't any, blanketed. I totally no, know what you're saying. And, and I know any slight deflection affects it, and it makes it harder. I'm just saying I, I just thought he picked up on the ball late on that particular play. And I'm surprised that that he wasn't a little more productive. But, again, it doesn't matter with this team, with this offense. As long, like, no. for Gronk, Godwin, and A.B. all to have big games, like, that's all that, that we need. So, And I yeah. truly believe that's what makes Mike Evans so, so special, so unique based on um, the, you know, the, the persona and the diva mentality that so often wide receiver ones in the NFL possess, Mike Evans is genuinely just a selfish teammate who wants to win. And that's that's what I said. He said selfish. I said self. I meant selfless, but I think. Yeah, I know. I know. I I was trying to make sure you weren't calling Mike Evans selfish. I know that wasn't how it was coming across. Right. Anyway. Okay. But yes, you're right. I, so anyway, I, I just love who he is as a character. I think his value on the team as one of the captains, again, on offense is, is important. And um, we'll see. Let's talk. We'll, we'll talk next week. We'll check in on Mike and see what he does then. So yeah. just big takeaways. Uh, awesome game. They look, cr- they look relatively crisp. And then, you know, they get the nice 10 days to get into, uh, into week two here against the inferior team with Atlanta. And um, I don't know, like, very solid start. Very solid start. I don't think you could ask for really much more. I mean, well, I'll I'll ask for something more. What about their running game? What who's who's well, who's the number one running back on this team? Because Lenny and Rojo both did not look good. They both produced turnovers. I'm yeah. putting that pick from Lenny. Uh, um, that pick from Brady on Lenny. Yes, uh, Rojo fumbled the ball, which I'm sure Bruce Arians just absolutely loved, and is going to give him a pass next week on. Um, <laughs> and then Geo Geo comes in. Geo looked pretty good, I thought. But then when I was reading up on some of the uh, post game reactions, it sounds like there's some injury concerns with Geo going forward. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was questionable. Week, so. He was questionable to play. So yeah. initially, like he was upgraded, but there was a lot of question marks about that. Um, in terms of the Rojo Lenny situation, I mean, it's so it's kind of frustrating because I feel like 
Lenny has a lot bigger leash than Rojo does in some ways. Like as soon as Rojo makes a mistake, like as we've said, Cap sitting beside me, I'm like, well, we're not going to see much of Rojo anymore. Like yeah, he's just, yeah. and then all we see is pictures of him with his head down on the on the sideline. Then like I thought, I thought that Lenny's drop there, um, or or miss catch leading to a pick, like tip, basically tip was so egregious. It's just as bad as a fumble. Like Rojo, oh, got the sure it is. Robo got the. Rojo got the ball punched out. Like, that's going to happen at times. Like, how is yeah. one worse than the other? Um, so, I don't know, man. We'll see. I, I don't love they're, – they're currently using, like – so, Lenny got the first drive. Rojo got the second. Like, I don't love that either. Like, I, I like yeah. to let a running back get into a bit of a rhythm personally. Like, I think you can almost take guys out of it when, when they have to – they go on, then they sit, then they go on. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't Who knows get... what's going through Rojo's head too? Because it, yeah, it's it's just going to be up a roller coaster for him. It feels like. I, Sorry, go ahead, Kevin. No, no, I was just going to say I wouldn't want to give up much um, positional value at other spots on their on their roster in order to upgrade at running back because you know they won the Super Bowl with these guys last year. Like, yeah. I like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but let's face it, he's not going to be the focal point of the Chiefs' offense, right? So it's not you don't. It's not like a prereq to be a um, Super Bowl contender to have that bell cow guy, but I think that the Jones Fournette combo—they're almost—they're not similar, but they're almost too equal, and it's just going to bounce back and forth. And who's going to get this series? It's—it's all—you you almost wish you had like an eighty percent guy and a twenty percent guy, or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say you want worse players, but just from a like, you know down allocation uh, how you want to do it I, I don't know i don't that's not how i would do it personally with my running backs but it, it worked for them and you know they they didn't have a great game they didn't have a great game and you know hopefully it's just as simple as that and uh it's it's sharper as we go forward here i i just you know i'm not a huge running back guy i think you can kind of put anyone back there so i like how they've used money for the rest of the roster and wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to change that, I guess, even though, yeah, they, they didn't play well. They didn't play well. Yeah. That, that little spiel you just gave was really on point. Actually. I think what you said about uh, just, you know, kind of being in that awkward position where they're, they're too, you, you said not what, not too similar, but too equally valuable or something like, yeah, just too too like used no. similarly like they're completely yeah. different styles of backs but there's not not one of them is is way better than the other you know what i mean it's like if you have two running backs do you have one i don't know like and you know it's funny like there'll be games i'm sure where the two of them are both gonna go close to 100 or one of them way over and we're gonna be like what a what an absolute luxury yeah. to have yeah. two running backs yeah. Are, so or, yeah because like Rojo will take one to the house from 65 and then Fournette will absolutely bury two guys on a four yard run near the end. And it's like, wow, to have both of those options is so, you know, just to have that versatility uh, in your backfield is fantastic, but it's just not how I would, it's just not how I would do it. And I don't know, call like, you're the, you're the Bucks fan. Well, what do you want to see? Like, who do you want to have out there? Do you want to like, I like, I like Rojo as a running back more. Me too. Uh, do you trust him to catch a pass? Do you trust? No, do you I, trust the Lenny, like the Lenny tip drill that came out. I, Rojo I probably try. does the same thing, right? Exactly. Lenny is a is a better receiver than Rojo, yeah. but not by enough that I'm like, like yeah, he's yeah. still not great at it. So I'd rather just a combo of Rojo and uh, Gio Bernard. If I think yeah. almost, 
Um, but that's not, I don't want to sound like I'm hating on Lenny because like I love what he did and and when he's playing well, he's really excellent. Um, but it's just a, a situation we're going to have to see play out. I want whoever's going to give us the best chance to win. So I think if you're running the ball, though, I, I want Rojo getting more of the carries if it's yeah. my team. I would last, do- thing, last thing before we move on to like looking around the league. Um, and I think this is the one where I kind of, maybe I'm just like on an island for um, Godwin had a good game, but I think there was like a huge, like you play his, that game 10 times and there's like just such a huge variance between what we saw from Godwin where I feel like last year he was such a consistent player. Um, he had a drop last night. Um, obviously, or Thursday night, I should say, at least one drop. I think he might have had two or more, actually. Mm. Um, and then the fumble, obviously, where you're basically icing the game, and it seemed like he could have went down, and he's just like, just got got greedy. And I know it's week one, and maybe you just like to see that from your receiver, but how how'd you feel about him? I feel like I love how you're being critical of him, and he, he had nine receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown like that. And I'm not insulting true. you. I'm saying true, 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 true. I, I like how those are the kind of standards he has because yeah. all game he's just creating mismatch issues. Like he's so – I love how Bruce moved him to the slot. He's just such a great route runner. He's such a complete receiver in so many ways. He told – like that fumble was brutal. Like, yeah. you but, know yeah. – like that was tough. it's like you're it's like you have a kid who is like a straight a student but they just like dinged your car when you they parallel parked basically and you're just like why yeah. did you do that like yeah. i don't have anything else to complain about but you could have really avoided that and it yeah. was like the fumble the drops then also the turning point of the game and i'm sure everybody's going to weigh in on this or waiting for us to weigh in on this was that was offensive pass, pass interference like from a completely like only only thing I had on that game was Zeke's uh, Zeke's uh, <laughs> rushing yards and Brady to throw over two and a half uh, touchdowns, which he iced in the first half for me. So thank you, Tom Brady. But end of the game there, that was clear offensive pass interference. And if they're on the road or if the lesser quarterback is throwing that ball to him, I think yeah. that changes the game and is a possible loss for you guys. Bodie, I, th- but, I yeah. think you're referring to yourself as the objective gambler which is also the <laughs> title of the rom-com that you sent me the other night. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, totally. It's just fumbles are just such a massive, like high leverage mistake. Right. So if you do it, it, it's, it, it can negate so much production just because of how volatile and how penal sure. it is. Right. Like he was literally going to score and then instead Dallas has the ball, right? Like it, it's yeah. just, it's such a gigantic ship in the actual Total um, tenor of the game and how everything works, right? So, uh, yeah, too bad. He looked good, obviously. But obviously, those, those mistakes when they happen are just are, turnovers are just killer. They're just they're just yeah. such a massive part of football, and they're in there. They just you know eat momentum, take point, like literally take points off the board. And yeah, yeah that's it's. I yeah, I, I think we're good with God. I mean, I totally agree with you. That was oh, pass right. interference for sure, but. Um, as a receiver and everything, he looked good. They looked good. They, the, the, yeah, Brown and Godwin. You just need two and Evans. But you just if two of those three are going and look really fresh and sharp, like good luck. Like they, that's gonna be hard to stop. Yeah, you just need two or three, and then yeah, the receivers behind them are still super good too. We just can't get yeah. them on the field. Yeah. Uh, Richie oh six six five on YouTube, uh, mentioning that if Godwin would have scored, we'd be uh, very pleased. I'm not gonna repeat the comment because there is a uh, insinuation that's. Maybe we won't have up on the screen, but let me just no, say this. I, I, 
I was I agree. It, it's true because I I want my, I want my receiver to have that mentality that he's trying to get in, and it sucks that the ball popped out. Um, but I do like that. Like thinking back to that Mike Evans score last year, I forget where they playing. You know where he like drags those. Guys? I think they were playing the Rams. It was the Rams. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the Saints. Was it? Was the, it the Rams or the Saints? Probably, he probably did it a couple times. Yeah, he the did. One it was from he like got Lat- he got Lattimore really bad, and I think he got Ramsey as well too. But yeah, they, it probably happened twice to be honest. But I the one it was like from the eleven yard line. So just yeah. in response to you, Rich, I don't disagree with you. I think we probably would be uh, there would be a lot less complaints if that fumble didn't happen. But also, football is a game where you are defined by what happens in those moments, and uh, it was the Rams. It's a big. It's the totally. big. But it, it's play. it's like it just it's is. basically two. That what I'm getting at here. It's two mistakes from Godwin on an otherwise phenomenal game. Yeah. I love Chris Godwin. He lowers his shoulder going out of bounds on a defensive back to set up that second touchdown from Gronk. It was so sweet. Like, I, I love yeah. watching him play. But late in the game, late in the game, you have the fumble, and then you have a clear offensive pa- pass interference that doesn't get called. Those two plays go the way that they most likely should have gone. And you're just like, how did this happen, right? Like, like, how did we lose this game to the Cowboys? We're clearly a better team. Yeah. But there's two really bad plays from Godwin. But that, just a, he only got punched for one. A lot of turnovers. Like, you know, from, yeah. from yeah. the Lenny to the Rojo to the Godwin. I mean, that's three unforced turnovers, yeah, right? Completely. completely avoidable turnovers. They should not even be close to being turned over, let alone, like, not a successful play. Yeah. Um, so... I don't think that that like, and I'm not just saying this to appease Barry Barry Gould on Facebook, who's just writing in that the Dallas defender um, said that it could have gone either way. Because I do agree, like, you know, Chad Johnson on Twitter said that is absolutely not offensive pi. He doesn't even extend his arm all the way, similar to how a defender in the post in basketball, you're allowed. Yeah, like, fair. there's going to be some contact. He didn't throw him. The momentum of the player, combined with his hand being there, I think is what made it look more like, especially on the replay. But I, I really don't think he launched him. I think it was just a combination of where his hand was. Yeah, it was on him with his arm bent and the player's momentum taking him in that same direction where it made it look a little more um, potentially offensive pass interference than it was. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm a little biased. I don't know. Oh, Fair. no, you? Yeah. <laughs> so what, no, what I, 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 It wasn't, like, egregious, but I think it was, yeah. up, I think it was on Godwin. But it, was I, it wasn't, like... Oh my God! He he suplexed him and then caught the ball. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. it wasn't it wasn't like Rams on the Saints, uh, like yeah, that, yeah, that exactly. NFC Championship game. But it still was, it was there for me. I I I, I can't I can't think about that game without thinking about that play and and a no call where I thought they could have easily seen a flag. But Fair what enough. do you think for next week? Yeah, what for the for the Falcons? Well, yeah, is that like the Bucks Bucks Falcons? Yeah, it must be the Bucks Falcons. Certainly, just pull it up. Um, yeah, I think like the Falcons obviously just got completely worked in by the Eagles, right? Like, um, that's who. The, who? Yeah. So, thirty-two to six. Like, just like that's just they're going to be worse than I thought. Almost the Eagles or the the Falcons. I mean, I think, I think yeah. Tampa's favored by two touchdowns in the game. Like that is. I, I honestly, I didn't see a, a single play of Philly Atlanta. I was planning to watch it, and then it just got out of hand, and I felt like I didn't really need to flip over. Um, but that couldn't have gone well. Like, 
lost by 26 at home with with the yeah. like that i don't did you guys see any bo did you see any of it yeah i was watching a little <laughs> bit of it like um i was watching with the Kina. i was trying to watch their offense quite a bit because i had kyle pitts um pretty early on i took I told Colin to uh, take isn't Kyle it, Pitts. Isn't it so funny how you, how you how you tend to watch the games that you have money on? It's like it's so yeah. random how that works. Yeah, it's and only watch the segment of the game that I'm concerned with because yeah. it's the Eagles. I think everybody saw our NFC East preview, or anyone that did would say, "Yeah, we did not have high hopes for the Eagles and the Falcons, who were like losing Julio Jones. Maybe you're going to be good. Maybe we see this big breakout from Calvin Ridley, but." Um, not surprised by that, not super surprised by that outcome. Um, the thing with that game was you just never felt like the Falcons had the ball. I, I don't even know if I can look up the type of time of possession, but it really felt like they just were constantly um, yeah, playing on what, defense. Yeah. What I, what I read after it was like a epic dink and dunk fest from Jalen Hurts and the Eagles just keeping the ball, keeping the ball, but then scoring too, right? Like finishing yeah. off drives and then couple turnovers from Atlanta and it's there's only so many possessions in an NFL game you know what I mean like you can't get too far behind it's not college where you know the clock stops after every first down and and you can make big comebacks it's just it's just not the way it goes goes right so if Philly was moving the ball effectively then I don't know like this could this could get ugly next week for for Atlanta yeah with that said though they I feel like this like the divisional games the NFC South like we were pretty quick to kind of uh, I don't know if I was, I don't think I was on it, but we we're pretty quick to run off or write off this uh, division. Um, obviously the saints will probably get to the saints a little bit later, but I feel like the Falcons just always have a good game against the bucks out of the two that they'll play a year. Um, I don't know if it's going to be this week um, just from what we saw from against the Eagles last week, but I don't know. How are you, how are you feeling going into that game? Boo? I'll tell you one guy who always has a big game against the Bucks for the Falcons, and his name is Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Um, and obviously being down a, a defensive back, that, that Sean Murphy bunting injury, by the way, I forgot to mention. I don't know. Did you guys see the clip of it? Yes. Yeah, I saw. I saw the replay. Yeah, it was yeah. not not, not fun. The, did you see the one on like the really zoomed in one? Like it's it's a bad injury. Like like there's like a bone popping through his skin. Yeah, you could t- even hey, from the zoomed out cool. one, you could see it. So he's on the IR now. Um, apparently, like Pro Football Doc, uh, I'm sure you guys follow him on Twitter. He's like he used yeah. to be the um, t- team medic for uh, the Chargers, so he's got like professional football specific experience oh, as a God. doctor. Is he the one who stabbed Tyrod? No, no, no. He was waiting <laughs> for that. He he diagnosed the uh, the potential injury ramifications in real time on Twitter. That's what he does. It's actually awesome. It's a great oh. it's a great corner. He has just an angle. Yeah. He has cornered. On That's Twitter, because cool. he, he's even branched in other sports, because he's like, I'm not afraid to speculate. I'll tell you based on what I see, what I think, how long they'll be out, what it is. Mm. So definitely follow Pro Football Doc. But um, he's somehow saying, after I see this video of bone popping out of his elbow, um, Sean Murphy Bunting, that is, he's saying that he thinks he could be back in three to four weeks. So yeah. I'm like, what? I'm not shocked, though. Like. I feel like defensive players play through the most ridiculous injuries because oh. they're just not expected to catch the ball. Or, so they just need to be there. Like well, as long as your legs work and you can yeah, wave your arms, Tom, like Thomas Davis with his club. Thomas, yeah, Thomas Davis in Carolina didn't he have a broken forearm? And the, yeah. I can't remember who they were playing. Was it? Like, yeah, 
he basically just had a club on his arm now. Like that could help <laughs> yeah. him even more. Like he's fine. It doesn't even matter. Like a broken forearm. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, just cast him up, send him out there. DB's a little different, maybe, but yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, Ridley, Ridley only had had 51 yards receiving on five receptions against the Eagles. Uh, so he's definitely due for a big game. And, and like I said, he always plays us tough. Uh, seeing Matt, like I didn't watch the game, but Matt Ryan, 21 for 35 for 164 yards. Um, boy, if the writing's yeah. not on the wall, it's on the wall. He needs to have a big bounce back game. Um, they, they, we might, they we might just, be seeing Josh Rosen yeah. playing soon. Yeah. Well, it, it's not going to matter. Like the quarterback doesn't matter. They cannot block. Um, the thing that I was noticing was just like, there's no time for Kyle Pitts to even turn his head around to get the ball. Cause Matt, Matt Ryan's already running for his life. So if he's running towards Hayden Hurst's side, Hayden Hurst is getting the ball. If he's running towards Kyle Pitts' side, Kyle Pitts is getting the ball. Um, they have no idea what's going on from an offensive line, lineman standpoint. I think Scott sent the, to our group chat today of uh, Jake Mayfield basically coming out pre-draft saying, if you don't want your quarterback hit, <laughs> take oh, yeah. me. And well, Mayfield, and Ryan, and, and yeah. Matt Ryan looks like a corpse on the field. Yeah. Like, he could not look like more lifeless. It was unbelievable. With, with Mayfield in the shot as well, yeah. too. Just Mayfield in the shot and the picture beside him with the tweets. Oh, I was like dying. Holy sh- Like, that's good. That's good yeah. stuff there. Best tweet in a while, that one. Yeah, really good yeah, stuff. That's really good. But yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be an absolute massacre. Like if you ask me, I would take over the minus thirteen for the Bucks in that game. I mean, I hope so. Like I think, I don't know. That's that's just how I see it. I'm not trying to be overly arrogant about the team, but I just think Bucks coming off a tight game, um, they're going to be at home again. I think they're really going to do some work, and I don't think, like you just alluded to, that that Atlanta offensive line is going to be able to withstand the pressure that uh, the front seven is going to bring. Bring on that offensive line. I think um, I think Bowles is just gonna go ape on them. Yeah, twelve and a half. And it, I just checked. Sorry, I think it was. And you've got a ton of like, if you needed some material, something to motivate these guys. Like Bruce Arian has all the tape he could possibly ask for this week, right? So obviously, like Brady alluded to it in the post game, um, very sloppy out there, offensively and defensively. I think if you want to send a message out to the NFC, like go after the Falcons and just make a, make an embarrassment of them. Another home game too. Like just go and just go and win like 35, 14 or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, that's, I, yeah, I don't like to lay that many points in general in an NFL game, but I don't, it looks, they look good. I, I like their situation for this week. Yeah. Definitely not looking at the Panthers to cover at least uh, yeah. on the road. Uh, but I think like I don't, like I don't even want to talk that much about that game at this point. I want to. I would rather because we're fresh off the first NFL Sunday of the year. I want to yeah. talk about some other headlines or storylines or themes yeah. that jumped out at you guys uh, this past Sunday. Sure. Um, one for me that I I found pretty cool was just the rookie, the top notch rookie receivers, first three three receivers taken in the NFL draft: uh, Jamar Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and um, Devontae Smith. Uh, Rondell Moore, even like like those those top end receivers were very productive right away. Happiest for Jamar Chase because I've been so like outlandishly optimistic about him. Yeah. Uh, so and then, he was awesome. And then all the talk yeah. of the drops and he like I was like I wasn't even worried about it. And then sure enough, like he just comes out with a bang. Yeah, um, he scared me. He scared me for sure. I was not expecting him to just bounce back like mentally. It seemed like there was something wrong with him. Uh, 
talking about he can't see the ball or the ball not having the white lines on the it was on the ball yeah yeah all i could see is like, like i i just never heard any receiver talk like that before but you know what it's just modern day media though man and how they produce they show you the snippet of the of the yeah, press yeah. conference because if you wow. watch the whole press conference they're asking him like differences between the nfl and college yeah and, yeah, then, and then he goes on to say like he kind of like he like he did like the the white ball or whatever so like it's just funny how we all can fall for that at times. But True. fair enough, Bowler. There was a lot coming out of Cincinnati from their beat reporters about all his, his – and his drops in the preseason did look bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. But he's just too good. He's, he's going he's gonna to be great. Yeah, I hope so. But the whole crop of them, man. Like, Waddle was fantastic. I didn't watch any of the Eagles game either, but it seems like Devontae Smith had a role. Yeah, yeah first first drive of the game, he, he catches up touchdown pass. So, Devontae Smith looks looks good. Looks good. Also, um, just on that same line on, on the Eagles side, Jalen Rager uh, scored uh, and just kind of trying to redeem himself from the whole Justin Jefferson thing. Uh, Justin Jefferson comparisons but yeah I was I was surprised uh, to see all of the rookie quarterbacks I mean rookie uh, wide receivers kind of show up except Elijah Moore but Elijah Moore and also Kadarius Tony um, oh yeah not as many snaps but yeah Yeah. just two catches for negative two yards I'm pretty sure so yeah that's not good no 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 but you got to be patient with him and like uh, he's playing with Daniel Jones, and and um, obviously Elijah Moore is playing with a rookie quarterback in his first start. So, uh, speaking of rookie quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence put up some yards in his debut, but uh, the Jaguars losing to the Texans. Like I would have taken the under on Texans wins as long as it was above point five. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sure well, enough, there. Te- Texans are one and zero, baby. They're leading the division. Literally, yeah, they're they're a playoff team. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Hey. Hey, I mean, I think they played pretty well. I, I, you know, I really thought Jacksonville was going to suck, like really be bad. And I saw some people throwing out eight and nine. And I, I, hey, who knows? One game, maybe they'll get there. They looked, they looked bad. Houston looked, you know, who knows? Okay. They at least, they were playing for the coach for sure. Tyrod has a certain, uh, talent level combined with you know just experience and, and and veteran leadership that he's been in the league for so long and and they they outplayed him and they won. Lawrence had some outstanding throws and some and some brutal picks, right? Like yeah. so just some brutal decisions. I think you know that's probably going to be the first part of this season for him. We're going to see the flashes, and then we're going to see the fact that it's very hard to play quarterback in the NFL, uh, and it's going to come through via him. But um, yeah, Houston, one and zero. Hart didn't think those words uh, would be coming out of our mouths here, boys, uh, on this pod. But um, yeah, tough, tough uh, scene for that division. Really, like, I mean, we can Tennessee getting the absolute doors blown off of that Arizona game. That game was over early. I don't know how much of you saw that, but it like yeah. it, it looked like a different league, like a like an NFL team, but it was. Uh, college team it was an absolute beatdown from the start big, big shout out to chandler jones with the five sacks oh, and two strip fumbles what two turnovers. What that, that guy is a freak and he is unbelievable unbelievably good at football yeah murray kyler was amazing yeah video um, game they they did everything they could to stop henry and uh get get the lead because when you get the lead on tennessee then you know Tannehill's capable but He's not as dangerous as Henry, I would say, when you know that he has to throw. 
making them one dimensional. I think Henry ended up with like 49 yards or something like that on the ground. A like AKA one of his worst games in a few years, I would imagine yeah. just uh, super impressive from Arizona. Uh, and then another NFC West team goes in with Seattle to Indianapolis and Never, never in doubt. That game was also yeah. never in doubt. Wilson was dealing out there. Did you watch yeah. any of that game? Like, what What are the uh, – give me the outlook on our boy Carson Wentz. That's sarcastic for anyone who hasn't been followers of the show. This is uh, the Carson oh Wentz God. slander cast. Sometimes. Yeah. Ten the points outlook, is generous. The outlook, like, the outlook in my work email is not good. Um, he was <laughs> struggling, man. Uh, not comfortable. Uh, just – he he just looks like he lost it like in not much of a difference i don't know if well, he's their guy i don't think they have much i don't think they they don't scare me at all it almost feels like he makes offensive lines worse because the colts offensive line was one of like a really good unit last year at least for the first half of the year uh, mm. i'm pretty sure they were good all year honestly but um, not a lot of time to throw the ball seattle's defensive front all of a sudden looks like a legitimate one so uh, like if Seattle's a good defense and they have Russ dealing the way that he is, I know it's he always starts the year like this. That that could be a really extremely good team. They could they could easily win the division again. That division, well, that division though, it's really good. It's really good. Well, right, it's okay, so, so yeah, so I think when we when did was I? I don't know if I was on the preview for that one, but I was definitely thinking the Cardinals would be the worst team in that division. Um, and I don't feel that way anymore. I think if you watch the Niners game, that was shocking to see that they were like that was an eight point game. I turned that one off after like the first half. Uh, but yeah, they, it seems like that division's kind of up in the air, and they're just going to beat the hell out of each other, which I guess everybody assumed. But yeah, holy, how um, about how about Trey Sermon not being the guy? Mozart got hurt. Um, yeah, and then Trey Sermon wasn't even just scratched. And, and same with Brad, uh, Brandon Ayuk. See, Just this is why fantasy football, scratch. What? This is why fantasy yeah. football is the worst. This is why it's the worst. How are you supposed to pick a running back? On I know, I know. There are like six running backs that you know are going to get the ball. Then what else are you supposed to do? Like fucking get your crystal ball out and hope that you pick the right guy. Like it's such a joke. Scott, tons of Sorry. people, tons of people handcuffed uh, Mozart and Trey Sermon, just assuming then they're at least going to get whoever runs away, away with the job. And now we got, uh, now we got Eli Mitchell running away, running for nine, 19 carries for 104 yards in a score. They're oh, like of course. first round pick. Oh, of course. Should have, should have seen the Eli Mitchell thing coming from San Fran. Like, what are we doing? It's so, oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, why aren't these head coaches like considering uh, us fantasy degenerate uh, managers? Yeah, it's like they don't even care. It's like they don't even care. We're the de- we're the general managers. Yeah, I'm <laughs> unfortunately true, but yeah, what a pain. But yeah, Bo, sorry, just getting back to that game. I was I watched most of the first half and Detroit looked okay and then all of a sudden it's like I don't know 41 17 or yeah. whatever they pushed the score to it's like what the like what happened just gets here? out of hand so fast yeah, yeah Debo Samuel's just running all over the field wherever he wants Debo had like 189 yards I think absolute mutant out there he looked great um yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah weird yeah. game weird game Detroit's going to be bad Detroit's going to be bad I, like 
33 yeah, points really. though they did put up 33 on the Niners like that's crazy but yes, yeah I'm not disputing uh, that they're gonna be bad let me make yeah. that very clear yeah. De- uh, Swift, Swift looked awesome he had eight catches I'm seeing for 65 yeah. and a Swift score. was really good Swift He's was good. really good you but know now, they couldn't now, tackle him now Detroit goes to Green Bay this week like uh oof. Speaking know. of Green Bay, speaking of Green Bay, we got to talk Aaron yeah. Rodgers because the yoga instructor walks into the building after this leisurely offseason oh, in Hawaii, the talk of the town, like, you know what I'm saying? And then he walks in and gets steamrolled by Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. In, uh, in Jacksonville, by the way, so they weren't even playing in the Dome. Um, it was just a bizarre game. They So – I watched the whole first half and then the um, the first drive of the second half and, and Rodgers threw that pick at about the five or six yard line and the game was it was over. You could tell it was over. Um, yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that maybe the Packers wouldn't be completely in sync after the quarterback, you know, just didn't play football? I thought he was so good that it wouldn't even matter. I just have the yeah. utmost respect for Rodgers, but New Orleans they. Kick the they kicked the absolute shit out of them. They just did like that's just it was super impressive from their standpoint. The only thing I think that's worth mentioning is I feel like Rodgers has one of these games every year. Like I feel like it was even yeah, like against sure. the Bucks. You could argue last year it was against Tampa where they just lit him up. It just yeah, hap- yeah. maybe it just happens to be Week One this year. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. you're, you're right. I d- I didn't expect it either. But the yeah. crazy thing is, so they're going down. It's what. They're in the red zone when when Rodgers throws that pick. It's seventeen to three. Score there, and despite the fact that you haven't played well, it's seventeen ten with like nine minutes left in the third. You're still somehow in the game. As soon as they as soon as they threw that pick, the game's over. New Orleans goes and scores twenty four three. It's just not happening. And then they they look like they threw in the towel the rest of the game. Um, but not crisp at all. You know, Jameis somehow throws for five touchdowns in less than 200 yards. How was that even possible? But um, weird. It's it's Jameis. It's Jameis. Hey, well, fair enough. But um, 38 to three, man. Like I'm thinking the worst case scenario for the Packers going into that game is like a, a, what? A a 10 point loss. Right. Like, Oh, they don't look that sharp, but you still have Aaron Rodgers, And it's like 31, 21. They look, Awful, awful. The Saints, the Saints could have ran, run it up a little bit more on that too. Also, yeah. the Saints defense for a team that lost a lot of guys on that side of the ball, they actually looked pretty good as well too. So, um, I know the Packers didn't really show up, but the, the Saints played well. But I'm they wondering, lost. yeah, Lattimore. go ahead. No, Lattimore's still there. Um, no, someone, one of their good DBs got hurt. Oh, do you get hurt in the game? Yeah, like later in the game. Brutal. I think he's out for the year. Yeah, Sorry, rough. I should have looked that up. But um, anyway, yeah, that's a pretty significant result. I think, I think you would bet that Green Bay bounces back this week and handles Detroit relatively easy. But um, you know, yeah, we shall see. Sorry, I'm just looking at the injury because I was trying to. I'm trying. It's all over the place, but I'm seeing Saints get brutal injury news on Mark Marshawn Lattimore after record breaking extension. Yeah, so oh, I think rough. it is Lattimore. Yeah, it is Lattimore. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Whoa, crazy! Yeah, I didn't, I didn't keep a, I didn't keep an eye on that game after. And he just signed a he was huge deal, yeah. like ninety six million or something like that. Yeah, like sixty five guaranteed or something. Not yeah, good for the dances against the Bucks. I know that. 
That's for sure. Um, and as much as uh, Marshawn Lattimore is like enemy number one for a lot of Bucks fans, uh, you'd rather him be on the field. You'd rather Mike Evans get yeah. some revenge on the field when they match up. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't noticed, I think I think we're doing a good job of just discussing some of the uh, potential contenders for the Bucks this year because we still consider them to be right up there. Chiefs Browns was a, was a really cool game. Well, it was cool. Uh, I, like I. I was cheering for the Browns. I like the Browns to come out of that division this year. That, uh, uh, sorry, division. Yeah. Uh, out of that yeah. division this year. And they obviously, seems like they played a perfect game. And then Baker, like, did you guys see that on that drive? Like, did you see that? So, yeah, yeah like, I would try to, like, so I saw a lot of pundits today saying that Baker Mayfield, like, lost some faith in Baker Mayfield out of that game. I thought the Browns played an awesome game. They seems made like three. They did. Three horrible mistakes, but they yeah. they Just played the extremely well. It yeah. sounds yeah. like it sounds like the Bucks game, the exact same, except um, the three horrible mistakes they weren't able to overcome. Like it easily yeah. could have yeah. the Bucks. You couldn't. Yeah, so the first yeah. first half of that game, they were they were doing everything you're supposed to do to beat the beat the Chiefs. Like they're testing them down the field. Um, they're just absolutely hounding them on defense, not not making any mistakes on that side of the ball. Um, and getting a lot of pressure on Mahomes with uh, Garrett and uh, Jadavian Clowney as well. Um, but yeah, Nick Chubb has a fumble, really bad fumble. It's like 22 to 17. Their punter, the first time they bring their punter in, the first punt that they have, he fumbles on the snap and gives a short field to Mahomes. It's obviously seven points. They could have just put the seven points as soon as the fumble happened. Um, and then uh, and then the Baker Mayfield interception at the end. And I think everybody's like zoning in on that because it's the last one they could have, if they could move the ball on that, on that series, they could possibly win the game. They already but were moving the ball. They already, they were, were moving the ball. Um, And they were really like, it's pretty clear. If you watch the pick, he's trying to get it out of, out of play. He's trying to throw it out of bounds yeah. and he gets tackled and like basically just has no power on the throw because of the tack, because of the hit he takes. Um, And it's, it's a super tough scene for him, but I thought the Browns. I, I feel better about the Browns coming out of that game because they they were step in step with the Chiefs. And, um, and yeah, Anthony Schwartz looks so good. And Joe Remember, hey, so I, good. Talked about, I talked about Schwartz a lot as that he rookie was DB or that he's rookie receiver. Fast, fast. Yeah, he's, he's extremely fast. fast. He's like yeah. Tyreek Hill. Fast. He's a he's he's but a like, game breaker. This is Go what ahead. the Chiefs do. They just hang around. They just make one or two plays on defense, and that's all they need. The, yeah, Cleveland. Listen, they're not going to be happy that they lost the game, but if that's their chief competition, for you know, eighty-five percent of that game, they had a great game plan and knew that they could go in there at Arrowhead and, and compete. Not only compete, yeah. but win. They ran the ball at will. A couple bad mistakes yeah. eliminated later in the season. If they get if they get a rematch, they can win the game. Like, like I, yeah. back to like OBJ didn't play. Yeah. Also, you know, like very encouraging for for Cleveland. I mean, yeah. even though they I lost. think it looks good. Cream yeah. Hunt was awesome that game too. Cream Hunt like underrated how well he played as well. It's just so hard to beat to actually beat Kansas City. Like yeah, so much pressure. You you can hang and you can hang and you can play well. And yeah. look at all these good things we did. But they 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 just like stroll into 35 points, right? And that's just a lot of pressure on your offense to to uh, to keep up and any turnover in a limited and 
that's the other thing because they were running the ball so well. Cleveland was their drives were super were very long and limiting yeah. the amount of possessions in the game. Right? They did so, everything right. Yeah, yeah. So. You you would have like I'm sure I'm sure you saw it, but the first. I think they they went for a fourth and three on their first drive. Yes, they score the touchdown, go for two points. Well, send a huge message right away. I, I love everything the Browns did to this. Well, week, because three points does nothing for you against Kansas City. Exactly, and this will lead perfectly into uh, a Pittsburgh Buffalo conversation. But yeah, go fourth and three from the fifteen. Go for it. You got you're down there. Go for it. You know, they went for two strictly because Kansas City jumped offside and it was now a two-point conversion from the one. Better percentage to get an extra point on the board, right? Like, and now Kansas City has to chase the score a little bit. I loved what they did. And, you know, I'm not a huge run guy in general, but, like, they were carving them up. You have Nick Chubb. He was going untouched, like keep going, and they kept absolutely doing it. like one of the biggest holes I've ever seen in NFL. Yeah, and it was on. it was great yeah. to watch because they they were taking the crowd out of the game, all those cliches, but it was super effective. And um, hey, they're they're good. I mean, it'll super interesting now to see what Baltimore does. Um, kind of a, not as a response, but just to compare the two teams, who I think are a rung ahead of Pittsburgh on that uh, AFC North ladder. But um, I mean, we'll get that pretty soon. Actually, the, uh, the Raiders Ravens. Um, but yeah, super interesting game. I mean, Mahomes, fantastic. Uh, Kelsey, unbelievable. I think their defense is worrisome, but is it worrisome that it, it takes them out of contention? I don't think so. Cause I think they're in every game, but um yeah, they, really they move cool. the one thing. A big shout out to the Chiefs defensively was Chris Jones moving to uh, defensive end. Um, it's been interior rusher for like the past two years, but moving to the side, moving outside, and mm-hmm. he got a ton of pressure on Baker, especially he as that game went great. on. Yeah, he yeah, I mean, yeah, Spagnolo. Steve Spagnolo has been an underrated defensive coordinator in the league for a long time. You got yeah. been underrated or properly rated? I don't. I haven't like heard him discussed uh, as some like elite defensive coordinator to be honest i've heard of him as a head coach who's been fired and couldn't hack it as a yeah. head coach but i think that's what that's sorry i'm not trying to get into a steve spagnola thing i think he was one of those classics it's like just because you're a coordinator then the next logical step is head coach but he's clearly a coordinator like by trade kind of thing yeah, yeah he probably never should have been a head coach but so yeah, yeah anyway he's good he's I, still a great defensive coordinator i know you're saying he's good. yeah i, I just yeah now, before, like, because I, I want us to kind of lead right into Monday Night Football, so we'll, we'll we'll hit on that a couple games. A couple of the other teams I want to just briefly hit on. I mean, Stafford made his debut for the Rams last night, and he completed more deep post-pattern completions than Goff did all last year within the first yeah. uh, two series of the game. <laughs> That's a fact, actually. That was so, like, as someone who's, like, kind of taken a little bit of an interest in the Rams, that was, like, a night and day experience having Stafford back there. The he is so good. Yeah, golf sucks. Stafford's I agree. So good. Yeah. yeah, Stafford's really good. Stafford's I'm, I'm so happy good. for Stafford. I'm just Me happy too, for him. Man. Yeah, he looked, he could, yeah. He they showed his wife so at one point out there. Yeah, they you showed his mean? wife at one point during the broadcast, and I'm sitting there watching it with my wife, and I was like, "This is literally like, I we're moving from Detroit to LA. Like, this is an unbelievable. Like, she could not be more happy. She's, She's just, just high fiving like, people. Literally, like." 
they could they like they kept the camera on her for a little while she's having one conversation all smiles walks down the stance for a little bit just another high five talking to another person just having the time of her life the lip brand like, new stadium in la yeah. the lip readers picked up and the beach is right there she just kept saying <laughs> that like she's yeah over and yeah. over just, she's like, like i don't even have to boil my water here yeah for sure and and oh. thankfully because brent musselberger wasn't doing the game we were able to keep it wholesome in terms of coverage, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Except for it was Al Michaels. So let's oh, thank yeah. God there wasn't a hot mic. But uh, <laughs> yeah. One more thing on the Rams Jalen Ramsey is moving all over the field on defense, and it is a treat to watch because he's just blowing up plays left and right. He is yeah. one of the best defenders in the league. Um, only guy I would take over him probably is the guy that's on his team already, Aaron Donald. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Jalen Ramsey is going to be a problem for a lot of defenses. They have so many looks. Well said. They legit very well could have the two best defensive players in football. I worry about their depth on that side of the ball because if we, if there's one injury, yeah, um, yeah. then they're in trouble potentially. And, I mean, they let the Bears squeak in. And the Bears weren't even playing good, and they were still hanging around a little bit. I know they weren't, but they were. Like, I was watching They were. It. Yeah. I was watching it with Chip, with big Chris Buke. Shout out, shout out to our uh, resident yeah. Bear, Bears friend, friend. It was a dad sweet game. Nice. Um, so that was cool. Uh, he was he wanted, more, he wanted more fields. Shocker. He wanted to see more, yeah. more fields. Can't imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Um, Do you have anything I, else? Can we, just, can we talk just quickly? I watched all of Bill's Steelers. Yeah, me too. Man. Right. Lay uh, into them. Unimpressive on both sides. Although, sorry, I shouldn't say that. In general, I would say unimpressive. The Steelers' defense looked really good. I really liked how they uh, were super physical with the receivers. So even though we love Stephon Diggs, it's tough for him to get separation. Like, he's not a huge guy. You know what I mean? Um, I, You know, Allen looked inaccurate. He looked a little bit frazzled. Uh, they, they didn't look good. Ben looked terrible. Like, the fact that <laughs> yeah. they won the game was just in spite of him, not because of him. But – we so it's it's 10-3 late in the third quarter for Buffalo. Pittsburgh marches the ball down the field finally. Finally. They hadn't done it all game, right? Like literally super lucky the way they did it too. Yeah. Just yeah. just great, felt like no idea what was gonna happen play to play. Great catch by Claypool on the sideline there. He's yeah. unbelievable. Um they kick a field goal down by seven with like a minute and a half left in the third. I think it was fourth and goal from the two. So the shortest field goal you can kick. Like, it, it's just I, – I, I, I know the argument for Mike Tomlin is the Steelers have never gone below 500 since he's been the coach, and they're always – it's like – but, dude, if you're not figuring this out now, like, yeah. I, I feel like those records are just because you have good players, which is, you know, a, whatever, a testament. He took the Steelers' job. Good for him. But yeah. – and then the, the other killer is that they win the game. So it's like – you know, it's going to go down as the right decision. It's such a poor decision, and they somehow sneak out this game because of Buffalo's terrible, well, second half. Yeah, more than it was. A, it was a big vote on his defense. It's that's the only way I could even come to understand yeah. what he could possibly be thinking there. But they um, haven't scored yet, so exactly, you're still giving the Buffalo the ball with the lead. It, it's just, yeah. you, what's your goal? What's, what's a better chance to score a touchdown yeah. based on how the game has gone? One shot from the two-yard line or trying to move it another 80 yards next time you get the ball back? It's just, yeah. oh, it's so insane. And, uh, like, I, if you're a rational Steelers fan, 
you you can't hey great job you got to win against uh theoretically a good team but you can't think that the Steelers are any good not after the way last year ended and then watching Big Ben this year uh like that first game no way no way there's they, no there's yeah there's no margin for error for their no, defense they don't but, scare uh, they don't scare me at all at all their, their offensive line is so bad like it does not make sense once they play a team with a very good pass rush that I just can't see how they're ever going to move the ball because they cannot run the ball. It's a no, completely it's literally a, running into the bills. Of your, it's a completely player. new unit just because they had so many valuable guys leave that offensive line. Unit. And I, I saw, so I didn't see the game. I, I yesterday was probably the only Sunday where I had stuff going on. Um, but, and the bucks played on Thursday. So it was able to work out. <laughs> but, uh, I saw Big Ben completed like one pass over 14 yards or something obscene. I I can't I don't want to fact, but like I guess his ability to throw the ball downfield was just like air yards. Yeah, air yards. It air was yards, yeah. low. Yeah, there's no way. Every dump off to Najee Harris was like at his shoulder, like he was trying to go high glove side or something. It was unreal. Like just give him the ball. Yeah. He looked, but he, uh, he had zero time. Like I he had someone in his face at there. all times. He was always outside of the pocket. He literally he could not do anything with that offensive line. But, That's but fair, Bo. But if he can't dump the ball off effectively, yeah, sure. then good like good night. Right? Yeah, I yeah. want to make I want to make a point about that, Scott, because I'm glad you brought that up. Um, a simple screen pass, a swing pass, whatever, um, is so important for it to be accurate. It's like hitting yeah. a three point shooter in basketball right in their shooting pocket. It is so important. So yeah, you could get the ball there, but Brady is a master of getting it to them in the perfect area to turn yeah. up field. LeBron so James is run. the king of getting it to guys in their shooting pocket. Yeah. Um, like the real great ones, like the accuracy is more important than I think most yeah. people realize. Um, so for that sure. is important. It is important still. It's one, it's, one thing I, I, I want a pretty big, I want a few bets based on uh, oh. my like not, not <laughs> having a lot of faith in the bills. And then also say, okay, the Steeler defense is really good. I was shocked for two sides. So uh, TJ Watt moving all over the field. I love that. Obviously just said that about Jalen Ramsey. He's moving into linebacker. They're shifting the line before, before, uh, before snaps as much as the offense was. They were really good. Melvin Ingram was extremely good. He looked super explosive for a guy who missed a ton of time for the Chargers last year. Can't and then on the, on the in the in the secondary, um, their their secondary was really good. That that won the game for them basically. Uh, some of the passes they defended, uh, I can't remember Sutton's the guy's name. He was absolutely all over the uh, the Bucks. Uh, sorry, the Bills wide receivers. Um, every matchup he had, he basically won. I was very impressed with their secondary. Bill's receiving group outside of Stefan Diggs is potentially a concern, I think. It is. It is. You know what? Gabriel Davis looked good at in at points. He came up a little limp on one of the time uh, after one of the plays he got tackled on. Um but yeah, it's not it's not a great group. Um Emmanuel Sanders was kind of a deep threat early on but faded later on in the game when they could have used him. Cole Beasley was just out there being unvaccinated and not really talking about anything else, trying to catch a ball or anything. But yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, yeah. like he, he can catch COVID, but he can't catch a football. Yeah. Oh, like he, he was very well. I stole well that, I stole that sports talk radio. I stole That's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So One of my buddies, yeah, I, I'm not worried about their deep, their yeah. wide receivers a ton. Yeah. One of my buddies, fantasy football names or team name is uh, 
Cole Beasley, MD, and I just think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Pretty Speaking solid. of fantasy football, boys, I have a – so I'm coming into tonight. He's all done, all his guys. I have – I'm down by less than one point, and I have Josh Jacobs. Um, Did and he, he just, just get hurt? He just left with an injury, and I have Kenyon Drake, and I was debating who to play because Jacobs was sick coming oh, into the game man. and might not play. Anyway, so I could lose by like 0. .6 if Jacobs gives me a zero. When it was so anyway, just a little self pity. Well, that Aaron, sucks. Airing it out. That's welcome to fantasy football. But uh, yeah. so for tonight, I mean, I know we all were on board with um, actually looking at the Raiders. What was it? What did it? What was this line? Plus four? Plus three and a it half? Four. Oh, yeah. It got it got down to three and a half just before kick. I saw. Oh, wow. um, so yeah. So I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I have serious concerns about the Ravens this year. Poor team has been decimated. Yeah. especially at the running back position. And then Marcus Peters. Yeah, um, Nobody's talking about Marcus Peters enough. Him oh, being no. off of, like that, that secondary. I know they're, they're just known for their defense, but Marcus Peters not being there, it's going to be a big hit. That's going to show up sometime in this year. Yeah. So the Ravens are in a tough yeah. spot. I think it's the Browns year, but we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, we don't have to outlook the whole season. We've already done that. I'm just speaking generally here. Uh one more shout shout out before we get going. Cam Newton. I'm, I really want Cam Ooh. Newton to have a little reunion with uh, Riverboat Ron. Now that uh, I think I think they said six to eight weeks for Fitzmagic uh, His hip, with the right? hip injury. Oh. Yeah, hip injury. So yeah, I, it seems like it's a storybook ending for Cam to just go back and and have a a, a big year with Washington. If only he could respect his immune compromised uh, former head coach and mentor, right and that's probably the biggest hurdle of this whole thing is that he's uh, not too kind to the COVID restrictions. Well, so, just yeah. get Cole Beasley in on the group chat between the three of them and just hash it <laughs> out, you know, like he's been doing. So I, I don't see the issue. No doubt. All right. Anything else you boys want to hit on about this this uh, game, this Monday Night Football game that's already underway, or are we good? I Just an interesting game like the Raiders are playing in Vegas the new state like the stadium kind of their first real home game Lamar Jackson like I'm 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 we're about to wrap up here I'm I'm pumped to go watch tonight and yeah sorry, just for, it was a fun week and I really missed it and I'm really glad that we can just sit here and you know shoot the shit about it for the last hour and a bit and uh yeah it, it was awesome I, I can't wait till next week Seriously, yeah. there's nothing like wasting a Sunday on your couch watching NFL football. So, and just oh, just constantly worrying about your little bets that are not that much money, but they they feel like it's all the money in the world. You so. want to win them. You want yeah, to exactly. always, yeah. always, and it's never a waste, Bodan. Maybe a waste yeah. of money. <laughs> Maybe a waste of money, but never a waste of time. It's very true. Very true. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. It's been real as always. We will be back at you next Monday. Same time, same place. Hope to see you there. We'll have plenty of new content and NFL news to discuss, especially as it relates to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, yeah, have a good night. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Hey, Banks. Peace.